Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies, three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Today's guest is a very special one. She is a true construction professional. In the short three and a half year time of her new company, they were ranked in Philadelphia in this year, 2020, the fastest growing with a three-year growth rate of 243%. They were ranked number one by the Philadelphia Business Journal, and that's out of 76 different firms. Victoria Levesque, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Great to be here. <laughs> I'm glad that you were uh, willing to come on and, and share your story because it's a very inspiring one that I think will really help a lot of people. Thank you again. And also you're a temple. You're a temple uh, grad, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. You see, you see what shirt I wore? I do. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Go Al's. Another fellow uh-huh. Al. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just go back to the beginning. I know Victoria from her husband. Her husband and I worked together at Hunter Roberts Construction Group. Probably met you, officially met you, I guess about a dozen years ago or so. You started in construction pretty early and um, your entire family, McDonald family, are, are in construction. That's probably the reason why you, you are here today, I would guess, Correct. Yes, somewhat. You know, I grew up in a, a construction-based family. My grandfather mm-hmm. worked for Electrical. He was an executive at that time. Mm-hmm. My father's in the industry. My uncles are in the industry. So, yeah. uh, grew up, you know, just around the world. You know, loved it. Very interested in it. Was probably the oldest child begging to go to take her daughter to work day every year, <laughs> just because I loved being around it. I did my senior project in high school on construction management, you know, wanted that whole career path from a oh, you know, awesome. very young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, senior year comes around and I actually completely derailed on another path. Um, I grew up in competitive dance and wasn't ready to give it up. And that's actually how I ended up at Temple because they had a dance program, you know, where you could actually get a degree in dance. So mm-hmm. I figured, well, I'll go there. I'll study business. I'll study dance and go from there. So um, it's kind of interesting because at that point I was changing saying, well, I'm going to go open a dance studio someday. And, and I think it was more the ownership and managing something that I was interested in than the dancing itself. But I kind of was sidetracked it for a bit, landed myself at Temple and then quickly kind of came back to the construction industry. So I uh, started mm-hmm. off as a co-op at Driscoll at their top West Tower project, just really for a summer job to, to make some money and uh, we couldn't leave. <laughs> I <love it. laughs> forgot about dance and the rest is history. I 
I worked on the um, West Tower project for two years as a co-op, and then I moved into estimating, and, and that's where I landed my first full-time position. So, Now, awesome. And you're still a dance instructor, correct? I was. I actually just stopped this year. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's bittersweet. I was a teacher for 16 years after, mm-hmm. you know, after high school and my, I have kids that, you know, go a million different mm-hmm. directions in these days now and <laughs> couldn't keep up. So no, understood. And now you have a, yeah. now you have a growing, thriving business. So yeah, it's, it's priorities yeah. and, and I get it. I get it. Yeah. For all your Eagles fans out there, she was also a Eagles cheerleader. And that was that had to have been a really neat experience. You, you want to talk about that a little bit, and just the process of how that you know went with you getting uh, you know accepted to be a cheerleader. And that was what two or three years was it? Three seasons. Three yeah. seasons. Okay. Oh six through oh eight. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, that was back during my college years and early career years at Driscoll, mm-hmm. and um, and really that went back to Temple again. I was on campus and. I had friends in the dance program trying out for Temple's dance team. And I went to the audition and I had a friend sit next to me and she was whispering in my ear saying, you know, if you do the Eagles, they, they pay you. <laughs> and and the, the Temple dance team practiced at 6 a.m. and the Eagles practiced at 7 p.m. And I liked that better. So uh-huh. I left the audition and, and went and decided to try the Eagles out instead. So. I've always been a football fan. Uh, we're a big sports family, and it just seems like you know, living in the city would be really fun to do. So, yeah. And it was. Yeah. It was a big commitment. I meet all sorts of people and, you know, your outreach to fans, and mm-hmm. it was just it was a great experience. Oh, I'm sure it was. And what was that, just that, you know, the interviewing process or the well, whatever you call it to get, you know, to go through – I mean, there mm-hmm. had to be how many, I don't even know how many girls probably tried out the process of illumination. Like, how was that experience? Uh, nerve wracking. Yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> and, yeah. The open call that, um, is at the link. So I could, I can't tell you how many girls are there at hundreds yeah. every year. I can only imagine. And so the first day they go through a couple rounds of cuts. And if you make it through that, you're feeling pretty good, but mm-hmm. uh, you have, I think it's semifinals where they do another cut down to about 80 girls and then the final auditions, which is, it's about a month process. Uh, you mm-hmm. go through interviews with, um, you know, the Eagle staff and then the final audition is, is very pageant like, you know, this, and there's a question and answer portion, there's a fitness portion and then a dance performance portion. Got it. And does that like go to the second and third year too? Do you have, is this the same process since yeah. you were, you yeah. still got to go through it yeah. again? Got it. It's a one year contract and then mm-hmm. you're thrown right back in the mix. Wow. <laughs> that had to have been an awesome experience. And then you were actually at Driscoll at the time and you were an estimator there for about eight years, correct? Yeah. Did you ever think about going in the field as a project manager? Did you just remain as an estimator the whole time or? No, I remained an estimator. Okay. So uh, back then, Driscoll didn't really have that whole, you know, rotating program like mm-hmm. most of the companies do now with their new hires. Um, I did start two years in the field as that as a clerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of got a little bit of experience out there, but I'm a numbers person. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a spreadsheet person and estimating. I just absolutely love estimating. So yeah. uh, there's not many people that do, but I do. So um, once I was there, I was hooked that I wasn't going anywhere. So. Yeah, you knew. 
Yeah. No, I yeah. get it. And your your husband's the same way. He's an estimator as well. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. And we're very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then yeah. what made you leave Driscoll to go to what is it, RWW Reflection Window and Wall? You were a director of pre construction. Was it just a good opportunity? That was why you you made the a leave? little bit of everything. Okay. Uh, you know, going back to that, you know, Damn school dream. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't in pre-con and purchasing a Driscoll. I sat across the table from subcontractors every single day, you know, and these scopes and hiring them. Yeah. And I knew I wanted more. Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what that meant or how I was going to get there, but I knew I wanted more. I knew that that, that was not the end of, you know, my story. So, you know, you don't always know how mm-hmm. it's going to happen, but I, I got very lucky. I came back after maternity leave with my son and you know you're in the industry you know and so my husband's obviously in the industry it's very Mm -hmm. hard for both of us to be running those hours all the time so something had to give and this company is a chicago-based company that was gaining some legs in philadelphia at the time they needed someone local and it kind of worked out they gave me the opportunity to work from home travel once a month and mm-hmm. I took it. They needed an estimator at that time. And then about seven months later, their director retired. So I took over the position, which was great. I, you know, I loved the facades. I was still doing estimating. I was still selling work. It was, but at the same time, it, as a GC, you know, a little bit of everything. We're moving into the subcontracting world. I was becoming an expert in one thing. And I really liked that. It thrived mm-hmm. off that a bit. But unfortunately, running an apartment in Philadelphia that's based in Chicago. I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't really work now. Maybe in today's world where everything, you know, virtual, it would be a little bit different. But mm-hmm. um, when I started with them, they were doing about 25 million a year, mainly in Chicago and Philadelphia and a little bit in New York. And when I left, they were upwards of a hundred, 120 million a year all over the country. Mm-hmm. So my, my once a week travel was becoming a month travel was coming <laughs> weekly. You go back to the kids yeah. and it just wasn't working. A little again. too much. So, yeah. Understood. Yeah. Understood. And, and just, you touched on it a little bit. One of the questions I want to ask you too, I mean, you being in pre-con being in the you know, general contracting world, you know, a little bit of everything. What made you, I guess, like the glazing world, the curtain wall systems, what, what got you, was it just the opportunity or did you already have a, an interest in that world? A little bit of both. Uh, there mm-hmm. are times at your school where they start to diversify as well. Where you know there was someone that was always doing MEP and someone mm-hmm. that was doing finishes, and I did tend to work on facades a lot at Driscoll, so I was a little bit more familiar than some of the other trades. But no, it was more opportunity based than picking okay. the division. Yeah, got it. And then that those three years, you really became professional in that world. You learned that that subcontracting world a little bit more in detail. And mm-hmm. what made you go out and start your own business? In 2017, you started Meg Glass and your WBA, which is awesome. I'd like you to talk a little bit about, you know, that process, why you decided to make the leap and also the WBE portion. Was that something that you you kind of set up early on? Cause I know that takes time and I like to just hear about that process as well. Yeah. So again, I was very fortunate for my career at reflection. It, it was a great experience, but they were growing, which was 
great for them, but it was hard for me. So I was already starting to look at what, what was coming next, uh, what I needed to do something. And I uh-huh. wasn't sure what it needed to be. And I didn't even know if there was a way to do it within their company. I still have a great relationship with them and I still do business with them today. So it was a little bit of just figuring out what can I do? What can I do in Philly? And my relationship with my partner, who was our installer in Philadelphia, that's kind of where this whole idea came to place. They were mainly installing windows and they had done, you know, full contracts in the past, furnish and install, mainly before the the downturn in, you know, 08, 09. They wanted to get back into it. So it was kind of like a perfect fit. I had the pre-con and the sales and I had a lot of connections at, Mm -hmm. you know, local GCs and they just bring forth, you know, years and years of experience in the field and, you know, and with the systems themselves and, and with, um, you know, supplier relationships and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it was just a great fit to try to come together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that Peter Herring and and Jeffrey Herring? Is that who you're referring to? Yeah. Gotcha. And I assume they're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> That's a safe assumption, I would think. And then on the WBE end, like what was that process like and how did that come about? Well, we thought about it from the beginning, but like you mm-hmm. said, it's, it's a long process. So yeah. what I did is I just tried to set up the business that way from the beginning, as far as knowing what the documentation would be. I researched it and just kind of got a, a, everything I needed. And it took me, I didn't apply. I want to say it was almost two years, a year and a half in before I went to apply, but um, okay. I did plan on it from the beginning. And how long did it take once you applied? Because I'm, um, I'm hearing it, you know, in certain MBWB situations, it can take, it can take a long time. Month. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I put my application in in December and I got my certification in June. Okay. So there's a lot of back mm-hmm. and forth with the application itself. There's, mm-hmm. I don't know, 26, 27 different documents. And then once that you go through a couple rounds of panel review, you go through a, um, you know, a a phone review Mm -hmm. and then finally a site visit where they come out and, you know, just speak to you about your business, your office and, you know, your daily operating. And then, and then after that, they make their final decision. Okay. So you had your certification for how long now? About a year? Uh, Two years this past year. Two years. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, back to, I, I forgot to mention, back to uh, Temple. Was the dance team Diamond Gems? Was that the it dance was. team? I never danced for them, but yeah. Oh, oh you never did. Okay. No. No. Be- <laughs> because when I was there, I think that's when they first started it. it they started it when I was, uh, when I was okay. going there. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. Now, where do you see your company going in the next five years? What would you like to see? 
Uh, I'd like to see, you know, right now we're still doing a lot of installation work for reflection, which mm-hmm. is great. I'm starting to, you know, procure and bid some larger jobs on our own. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the company kind of divide there into two different arms almost. We have our installation arm, which is very strong. And then also go down this other path for, with some, some supply and install. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to get into fabricating material. Nice. We're looking at moving right now. Well, kind of hard. The real estate market is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Once it comes <laughs> down a little bit, looking into moving into a larger shop where we can really do some fabrication as well. Okay. So that's where I see ourselves moving. I'd like to be around that, you know, six to 10 million a year range. Okay. You know, if it's more, it's great. If it's not, but I'm not looking to grow exponentially as far mm-hmm. as, you know, office employees go, but we'd like to pick up some key positions within the next two years and, and hopefully continue to grow to just support that workload. Gotcha. What volume are you at currently this year in 2020? This year through November, we're at about 7 million. That's, that's great. Yeah. In, yeah. in three years. Congrats. That, that's fantastic. Thank you. No, great work. And outside of work, what are you passionate about? Obviously, you talked about your kids and dance, which yeah. may now be through your kids, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish, but no. Oh, no? Okay. <laughs> no. We love to travel. We love being outside. So I would say right now, currently, in, you know, in our lives, that's probably the most important. You know, we do a lot of bike rides, a lot of hiking. Before COVID, we did a lot of traveling. Most people joke around, you know how much I'm out of the office, but mm-hmm. <laughs> really yeah. not as much as I wish. But, um, but yeah, I just, I love going places and experiencing them with my children. It's just so much fun. Where have you hiked at? Like what was your favorite hiking, hiking location? Cause I'm just starting to get into the hiking scene. Okay. Well, big one we did this year was the Teton oh. uh, in Wyoming, but locally, wow. uh, we do a lot. I'm trying to think, did you just, what did we just do? The um, Hawk Mountain. Okay. Have you been there? I have that not. was beautiful. No. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. we just we just went up. We stayed in Northeast. We went up to New Hampshire. But, okay. You know, my my business partner and I, but we're starting to really look at some, uh, you know, out west and and Seattle mm-hmm. and Utah, and you know, just definitely want to get into it. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun just yeah. to get away. You know, get away and talk. You know. Yeah. At Washington, uh, we did Columbia River a couple of years ago, just Kyle and I, and that was that was an awesome hike as well. A little Great. scary, not yeah. about me, but <laughs> <laughs> you getting your kids in, into it, into oh, yeah. the hiking, yeah. yeah. They did the Tetons with us this year. They averaged, oh. I think it was like over twenty six thousand steps one day. So that's awesome. Well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is great. So. If you were to give advice to someone that is, you know, contemplating what they want to do, go to college, you know, not go to college, maybe have some interest in construction, what would be your advice to to someone that's on the fence, you know, and just, just to talk about you know, the construction industry and, and what would be your advice for really have them start and find out if construction is for them? Uh, I'll talk about the contracting side in a minute, but... I'd really like to talk about the trades themselves. Yeah. Um, just getting involved, but I, I really, really would like to get more involved in helping just that process. I, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of adolescents today that, 
you know, there's a lot of pressure to go to college. Yes. But there's the conscious that the labor force, it's, it is a very rewarding career. Yeah. You know, we have an amazing group of guys on our staff and they're very talented. They're very knowledgeable. And I, I believe it's a very rewarding job. You know, you see what you do every day, you know, and I think it's kind of dying off that there's not enough, you know, kids in, you know, are even knowing that it's still an option. And a lot of the trade schools today, you know, you come out with your associate's degree, so you are still getting somewhat of an education. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of value there that's being lost. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And this is what this podcast is really all about. And I appreciate mm-hmm. You know, it was well said and, you know, anything that you, you can share to, to help kids. I just want to open people's eyes to the trades world, to the construction world and how rewarding right. it can be. Yeah. And it's a great career. I mean, especially in the unions, they still get, you know, great packages with benefits and, you know, and, and their pensions. And I think they get a lot of camaraderie between each other. And mm-hmm. it's just, I wish there were more. Yeah, I really do. And and a lot of our skilled, you know, labor, they're getting older. We really don't have that many young guys coming in and we need them. <laughs> and that's just because of the push. The college is the only route. And uh, I right. think because of the expense of college, it's got to change. And I think I think the stigma towards the towards the trades are slowly changing. And, yeah. and I want to let people know that, you know, how well these guys can you know, how well they can do, you know, it's, it's good money and the overtime opportunities, it can be an exceptional, you know, sexual amount of money, you know, with the overtime opportunities. But how about on the contracting side? Would you want to share on that end? Again, you know, I think it's a great industry, you know, as far as what's going on right now with the pandemic, you know, I, mm-hmm. I always sell, I've been selling this for years that construction is <laughs> never going to go anywhere. You know, I put yeah. it right up there with doctors and nurses and teachers that, if yeah. you're pursuing a you know a career in construction, you'll most likely always have a job one way or another. I always sell pre-con because again, you know, we're, we're the last to go. Mm-hmm. You need to go out and find the work. I love it because it's always changing. You know, it's not stagnant at all. There's always a new project. There's always a new challenge. There's always a you know a new type of solution. Yes, and always it's, learning. It's yeah. It's mm-hmm. very exhausting. It's hard, but it's very rewarding as well. And you can do very well. I mean, you can, you know, just look at myself, you know, I backdoored in, you know, to where I am today, but you can really create your own destiny if you want to, but it is a hardworking career as well. You can't sit back every day and, you know, do some paperwork on your computer and, and think you're going <laughs> to fix it. So. <laughs> I mean, anything good is, is, is work, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Any, anything in life that that is good is work. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I know we were kind of playing a little email tag and and trying to set this up, you know, with your busy schedule. And actually, do you want to talk about a little bit how COVID nineteen has impacted you guys? I know you're going through some things now that I think would be an interesting share. Yeah, I would say in the beginning, just like everybody, we we were we had about a four to six weeks slowdown, depending on the project. Mm-hmm. So we had that initial kind of stoppage. We were fortunate that we were in the middle of a bunch of projects. So as soon as we got the green light, we were able to go back to work. I'd say our crews have been phenomenal as just adjusting to the protocols. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, but sometimes they were changing daily or, you know, or weekly or, you know, one job they had to wear full hazmat suits. 
and yeah. you know, as hard and difficult as it was, they adapted very well. So through the summer, we were really fine. Right now, unfortunately, we do have 14 quarantine. I'm hoping that we're going to get out of that with, you know, very little, you know, hardship as far as, you know, the sicknesses go. Yeah. And hopefully we're back to work soon, but we're trying to cut any corners. You know, if they're sick or they need to quarantine, I want them to do so. I want everyone to be safe. I want everyone to be healthy. And I want everyone to, you know, be able to enjoy the holidays coming up with their family. So we're going to do what we need to do and, you know, we'll fill the gaps as we can. And I think we're just like everybody else. Everyone's having their own hardships. Um, I'm hopeful that we're not going to see a slowdown coming up on the contracting side, but uh, that, you know, I'm not really sure where that's going to go yet. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Social media wise, what are you most active on? If someone wants to get a hold of you or I know you're on LinkedIn. (laughs) I, I'm awful. I'm trying really hard to learn, but I'm, yeah. I'm terrible at social media. <laughs> um, we do have an Instagram account, which I do try to post when I can on there. And I'm sort of active on LinkedIn. I need to be more. But uh, as far as social media that goes, that's about it. I hope to get you more, more active. <laughs> yeah, I need a coach. <laughs> And uh, if you want to share your website address and and just any contact information about your company. Sure. Website is meglassinc.com. All our contact information is really on there. You can find me on LinkedIn, my personal page. We do have a company page, but if there's anything up there, I have no idea who put it up because I haven't done anything (laughs) with it really. (laughs) Uh, Email is uh, victoria at meglassinc.com. And that's basically it. Excellent. I really, really appreciate you coming on. And um, it was an honor to have you on. And uh, say hello to all my old uh, Hunter Roberts Driscoll friends, if you're talking to any of them. Sure. <laughs> I will do. Kyle has been to both as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, thank you very much. And appreciate you taking the time. And uh, hope to catch up again soon. Okay, great. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great rest of the week. Take care. All right. Thank you, too. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.